0: Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com advisors with code free, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code free. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code free. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors, LLC, and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good, all right. Most dope!
2: Everybody please put hey. a thumb in the air hey. Hey everybody, how you doing?
1: Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Ah, well, not much going on. Uh, not much to talk about. I think we can kind of just cruise through this one in like 12, 15 minutes. Right, guys? Like, let's sure. just get right into it. Let's lead it off with the intros, starting with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle.
3: So remember how we all, like, made fun of Rangers fans last season for telling us a whole bunch of negative things about Elaine Vigneault? We were like, ha, 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 you guys are so bitter. What a bunch of dorks. Get over yourselves. Well, some of the things they say are starting to make a lot of sense to
2: me, and I really don't like it at all. I mean, so here's here's where I stand on that. So the Rangers fans, number one, crazy. Number Fair. two holds this really, really weird grudge against Elaine Vigneault. True. But then you look at Vancouver and they really liked Elaine Vigneault and they don't have the same type of weird resentment that the Rangers do. So I, I don't really believe the Rangers. Also this new, this new fucking guy, whatever his name is has been doing the same type of thing that Alain Vigneault was doing when he was there. I know, we there. make the jokes. We make the jokes. But like, so one of the ones one that I follow,
3: coach. Alani, um, who covers the NWHL for the most part. Yeah, she, made she a tweet. works for
2: the Ice Garden.
3: Yeah, she made a tweet last night before the end of the game that it basically said, the Flyers are going to win this game and people are going to praise Alain Vigneault for sending his young players and there are going to be a bunch of Flyers fans that agree with him. And it was like some Nostradamus shit. Because that's exactly what happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's also not quite true. No one was praising. No people Bear were opinions. I mean, but no one was praising Elaine Vigneault for sitting Oscar Lindblom. No people were. I well, mean, they're idiots. They're Those not are the same hard people that are play. in our. Ma- that's the same people that are like, "Well, Samuel Morin saved the Flyers." Like, they're not intelligent people. We don't have to listen to
1: them. Why should? Why should the players who aren't working hard enough play?
2: Well, none of them are working hard enough. So I see the veterans out there because, producing. Like I'm happy to forfeit games where they're losing seven nothing, nine nothing. I'm totally happy with that. It's just it's another case of the selective
3: punishment, in my opinion, is what it is.
4: See, I guess my thing with that was that and because we're talking about the benching of um, Joe Fierby, Nolan Patrick, and Oscar Lindblom in the third period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing with that is I I honestly looked at that less. As you know, obviously there was a degree of punishment there because I mean, Vino said after the game that I went with my nine, you know, the the, the nine best forwards, you know, for that night. That's what I went with. I, I shortened the bench. And I mean, if you honestly, if you do look at the numbers, if you look at like, for example, the expected goals differentials the three worst forwards by far on the flyers on you know monday night were those three guys so there is backing from a stats standpoint not that not that he looked at the stats and was like oh their xg is at 10 percent. on benching them i just it, it it's not like he was just making that up but to me it was just as much a like shot across the bow of the vets as it was a punishment to the kids because before the game um when we had media availability with Vino Vino basically said that like this game is on the vets that the vets have to make sure we don't take this team lightly that and that's kind of their responsibility and through two periods they definitely took that team lightly because they just didn't show up and I, I think that move was just as much a basically like all right I put the ball in your guys court you guys are going to be if, if we're going to dig out of this this is on you guys like you got you guys are gonna be playing every other shift, and you know if if you guys fail, it's on you so to me that was it was just as much that as it was like I'm infuriated with my young players, like I mean look. Like, Nolan Patrick hasn't been playing that well, period. Oscar Lindblom, I think, has had some really good games, but last night wasn't one of them. And Joel Ferry was the only one that annoyed me because he's been playing, you know, very well this season. He did not play well last night, but there were a lot of players that didn't play well last night.
1: Like, I understand benching a line if you just want to go with your other lines. Like, I don't care, whatever. But when you get a, a power play, maybe your best goal scorer should be out there. That's yeah, just right. <laughs> like that just that's just one of them things. From the Athletic.com, Charlie O'Connor and Charlie, I have a question.
0: Okay.
1: Where does this team get the fucking balls to take anyone lightly? Like Yeah, uh, that's a, a, ex- a high school team, uh, like a KHL team. Where do they get that mentality? They've accomplished exactly nothing ever.
4: Yeah, I I mean I, I guess the concept of taking taking them lightly, like, I don't know if that's exactly what they did or if they just didn't have their legs for whatever reason, and this has been a recurring problem all month, I don't know. Um, but, it, you know, it certainly would be an explanation. They just kind of thought they could just show up and beat the Sabres team because the Sabres team is, frankly, a joke. And that kind of leads into what I was going to say as my intro, which is that, you know, one thing this game reminded me, um, you know, which as as bad as it is right now to follow <laughs> At least we're flyers, not Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, and, and as, <laughs> as frustrating of a team the Flyers are, like, God, I'm glad we're not covering the Buffalo Sabres. The sequence... because that okay. that This team is just, like, as fragile as the Flyers are right now, holy shit, mm-hmm. that Sabres team just thinks that they're going to lose. They never once in that game thought they were going to win.
1: The sequence of events that led up to the game-tying goal were absolutely horrendously hilarious. Like, the Flyers are stuck in the neutral zone, fumbling around the puck like a fucking comedy routine for what felt like an entire shift. Couturier just dumps it, and they get off the ice frustrated. The Sabres go retrieve the puck and just go, ah, fuck it, and fire it down the ice for an icing. The (laughs) (laughs) Sabres. They don't don't give up a goal on the initial offensive zone faceoff, have a chance at the empty net, somehow miss, Flyers come down and tie the game. <laughs> like,
4: yeah, they it barely, was, barely. It was missed. a comedy of errors. I mean, yeah, missed they, by like inches. They yes. opened. They opened over because like part of it with the with Buffalo right now is I just think they expect to lose. Like they're just huddling together and just waiting to get picked off by snipers, and that's what's happening. <laughs> but like it's also just that they're bad. Like they opened that overtime with their two forwards being Curtis Lazar and Casey Middlestat. So like. An out and out draft bust and another out and out draft bust. <laughs> like, these are, fourth, right. the, these are fourth line caliber players, basically. And they're like, Yup, these are the guys that are going to. And I, might, I don't even blame Buffalo's coach because, like, I think what it was is he had Lazard go on to take the face off and then immediately throw And then the come right on. off, yeah. Yeah, just to win it. But, like, that's your best move. And that's all you've got. Like, do have a coach? it's wild to <laughs> me how bad that, that? Do they even Sears? have a coach. <laughs> they have a guy doing the, the thing. Yeah, I mean they he's just, like pretending to be a coach. I guess. Yeah.
1: I mean the Flyers lost to the Rangers nine nothing to. They didn't have a no coach workout. like so don't need him. Uh, last but not least, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver.
2: Yeah. So um, I thought that I personally fixed the Flyers. So I made the mistake. Are you Samuel uh, Moran? Oh, course, I wish.
4: He's a lot taller than you, Steph. He
2: is. I wish I had the accent of Samuel Moran <laughs> and the good humor of Samuel Moran. I do not. Um, I drafted Carter Hart in one of my fantasy hockey leagues, and that is against my rules. So I dropped him. I just dropped him. I'm like, this is going to fix the Flyers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop Carter Hart. He's going to be fine. And that has not been the case.
3: Wow, good job, Steph.
2: I did not fix the Flyers. In fact, I may have made them worse. Hey, they've won two in a row. I mean, that's true. But if you look at the narrative around Philadelphia right now, the narrative is that it's Carter Hart's fault. Whether it's because he parted ways with his sports psychologist before the season, or he can't be waived to go to the AHL, which is a whole other situation. The narrative right now is, yeah, the Flyers defense is really bad, but Carter Hart isn't trying hard enough. And that's really bad, folks. I mean mm.
1: like Seems alright to me. No. I, I don't think it's anyone's saying right. I don't think anyone's saying it's all his fault. No, but I, mean, I don't think that's him, out there.
3: Well Vino saying anything about Carter Hart out loud to the media seemed like
2: a bold strategy. It's unacceptable. To me. Well, really I'm, it's well, unacceptable. I, I, I mean, only... he's, gonna, he's gonna have to say something. I don't
4: think mean. what he said was necessarily the right thing, but like he's yeah, you're sitting your goalie for a week. You're gonna say something if you're the coach about it.
3: I know you I I okay, let me clarify. <laughs> Saying that he's being sat because he doesn't work hard enough, which I think flies in the face of literally every single thing we've heard about Carter Hart since he's like 12. Maybe that wasn't the thing that you say out loud.
1: I like I think there's a difference between he needs to work harder and he doesn't work hard enough. I really I agree like, with like I think there's a difference in that like no, he needs to get his shit together and figure this out. I don't care how hard he's working, he needs to work harder. Like his job is to stop the puck and he does that occasionally. Like I, 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 what the fuck? He's terrible right now. It's not Fair all yet. his fault, but he's like the worst player on the team.
4: See, my my thing is that and I, I guess we can talk about this now. I mean, yeah, sure, sure, let's talk about this in intros.
2: Let's dig right in. My,
4: my thing with those comments is, like, I think there's a charitable way to interpret them if you really want to. And, and I, I can't say for sure that that's the way Vino intended them. But, but, like, I think if you if you want to give Vino the benefit of the doubt, there is a charitable way to interpret those comments. That said, when you say the types of things that he said, you just you open the door for national speculation about a guy's practice habits and his work ethic and Vigno is smart enough to know that and I just don't like that 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 door was open because it just doesn't seem fair like it doesn't se- it doesn't seem fair to me to criticize a guy's practice habits when your team when you don't notoriously practice. hasn't been able to practice pretty much all month like it just it seems like like those comments could have been made way more artfully, and I also don't think that Vino is dumb enough to to like just make a mistake. Like I think that was intended. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think he was needed. I guess is my point. Like, I don't think that it was just a misspeak. I think it was intentional, and I think he feels like he needs to motivate hard. And I just don't know if that's necessarily the right move because I just don't like. Like, I mean, I'm not going to rip Carter hard for his work because I've seen him practice. Like. I've seen him stay after, you know, stay after practice. I've I've heard the stories about, you know, how legendary he is and whatnot in terms of like, you know, off the ice workouts and whatnot. But like, if I'm some national or even just like some local writer on the West Coast and I read those comments, the first thing that's going to pop in my head is that Carter Hart doesn't work hard enough. That he's a kid who's lazy. And I don't think that's an accurate narrative. But if I'm the head coach, I don't think it's right to be be furthering that narrative because people who don't have the context that don't aren't in this area are going to pick up on those q words and start thinking that about carter hart so,
2: so that's that one of the and they're already thinking that they're already looking at the numbers they're looking at how terribly the flyers have been playing lately and they're already thinking well this is carter hart's fault and then Elaine Vigneault is giving them more ammunition. Listen, and one of the
3: things been... the Rangers fans, sorry, one of the things the Rangers fans told us was that he throws young players under the bus.
2: I don't want to talk about Rangers fans I'm just anymore. I don't want to talk about them anymore.
3: I just think like he,
1: yeah, you know why they're getting thrown under the bus? Cuz they're playing bad. Like none yeah, of this that's, shit, that's, none of this fair. shit was a concern when they want we winning a bunch of games. Like you know what didn't matter? like elaine Vigno's uh, personality from january to march of last year like he was a fucking genius then like they're playing like shit so like what's he supposed to do like carter hart they've been babying this guy since he turned pro like uh, eventually someone's got to tell him like dude do your fucking job because you ain't doing it like i, I if, if i played for this team and carter hart's giving up seven goals a game i'd have a problem with him like i'm working you need to work
2: I mean, I don't think that you're necessarily wrong when you say they've been babying Carter Hart since day one because they kind of have. Um, And he is a grown-ass man making grown-ass man dollars. Like, it is okay to be like, get your shit together, but also not okay to say it to the media. Like, there's, there's a lot of layers here, and I don't like any of them including the flyers don't like you guys right now
4: no there there are a lot of layers and and one thing i pointed out on twitter yesterday is that you know one thing you say what you will about Vino, but one thing that he has made very clear and players have confirmed this you know both on and off the record to me is that anything that we, any public criticism that we hear like Vino says so-and-so player has to do this better so-and-so player isn't doing this like the player has heard that directly from the coach before the coach tells it to the media. 100%. So it's not, like Carter, it's not like Carter Hart was blindsided by this. Like He was probably told almost word for word yesterday exactly what Elaine Vigno told us word for word a couple hours later. The problem is I just don't know if it's quite fair. And, and, and one thing that, that is interesting, interesting to me about the practice habits thing, which I think is probably what he was getting. Like this is this to me is probably what he was getting at and this is probably the message he was trying to get through to heart. My guess here is that Hart's been working with Dillaball both on and off the ice. Dillaball is telling him to do things and Hart isn't doing them. Now, whether that's because Hart doesn't think that they're the right changes to make or whether that's because Hart's trying and they're just not like it's just not manifesting in his game, I'm not sure. But my guess is like the practice harder comment basically was kind of saying to Hart, like, you gotta listen to your coaches when they're telling you what to fix. And like, that's a completely fair criticism. And it's completely reasonable for Vigneault to send him that message. But, like, again, if you're not with the team, you're going to read that and you're going to think Carter Hart doesn't practice hard. And Carter Hart does practice hard. It's it's very obvious to anybody who watches those practices that Carter Hart practices hard. So, like, maybe let's not forward narratives that are wrong in order to send a message that might be right.
1: And that's, like like you said earlier— Elaine Vigneau has been around long enough. He can't pull the no. That was taken out of context. Like, nah, bro. Like, you know how to talk to the media. No, he knew exactly what time. he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so guys, I have some. I have some exciting news. I have some really welcome and welcomed news for you. The flyer season's almost over. It, it, it's ah! <laughs> no, no, Charlie. Sort of, but I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's coming. We're coming to that end, but. Thursday and Friday of this week, April 1st and 2nd, two consecutive days off.
3: Oh, God, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah We've
1: done true. it. We've done it. We're almost there. we, we got to get Wednesday at 730 against those fucking Buffalo Sabres again, and then two days without a Flyers game.
2: 730? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it. it's
1: a Wednesday game. I guess it's a national rivalry night with the two most inept organizations <laughs> in the fucking hockey. Um so I wanna I wanna take a look back at this month. Uh, and I wanna look at the March wins. And it shouldn't take all that long because there were only six of them. They were riding high in January and February, eleven four and three coming into March with a six ninety four points percentage. Then they went six nine and one Six, nine, and one for a four oh six points percentage. Not nice. Uh let so let's let's look at these six wins that they had. Down three one to the pens after the first, one four three in regulation. That's nice. You think like, okay, it's the penguins, we got 'em. Way to go us. I wrote an article saying, Hey, maybe this could be when they get going. Yeah. What do you know? yeah. Then they were down 3-1 after the first to Buffalo, which is problematic in itself. But they won 5-4 in the shootout. Patrick got the winner. We were thinking, oh, this is this is the one. Patrick, like, they'll rally around this. No, no. Then they had a back-and-forth game with the Rangers. Giroux tied it late in the third. Voracek won it on that crazy long shift with the breakaway OT, uh, breakaway in OT. Yeah, look at the, Voracek just stepped up, made something happen. Let's go. Then they got up 3-0 on the Islanders, blew it in the last 12 minutes, and Limblom with his second of the game, wins it in regulation. Limblom two goals in a game. Game winner after a 9-0 loss, a back-to-back. We got this. No, no. Then they have a grinded-out win over the Rangers. Moran scores the first of his career. Yeah, rallying time. Everyone's so happy for Samuel Moran. Finally getting a chance, comes up big. And then you fell down 3-0 to the fucking Sabres. A team on the worst losing streak since the Penguins were tanking for Ovi, Malkin, and Crosby. Like, that's where we are. And they came back and won last night. How come none of the first five sparked anything, though? Like, after that Samuel Moran moment, how come they came out last night just not a care in the world? How can that be this team's personality?
3: I talked about this last night on the radio that there have been over the course of the last 6 weeks about a million things not even just wins like the Limblom fight like a million things in games that I've thought to myself surely this will be the thing that gets them going and nothing has gotten them going and it's infuriating to say the least i don't i don't understand it they just don't seem to care
4: at all yeah i don't I, I don't love that idea of them, I know, not, it's, of them it's, not caring. Well it's just it's just Do because, they not like, care enough? I, the the problem with that thing is that like they care enough to like with the with the notable exception of the Nine Nothing game, which was clearly just like a fuck this shit. But aside from that, like they care enough to engineer these comebacks. So, like, it's not like they just don't care. They clearly do care, and they clearly do have some pride. It's just like, it's like selective care. Yes. It's like we only care at certain times. There's a,
3: nev- and a level that tells of, me- like... Go ahead, no, go God. ahead. No, just I was say, just going like- to say, there's a level of nonchalance that, you know, a team that wins a lot of games is allowed to have that level of nonchalance. Yeah,
1: a team that has accomplished more than exactly nothing in eight yeah. years. Like, oh, we made it to the second round of the playoffs. Congratulations. You're not the worst. Like, you're not in last place. Way to go. Like, you usually don't make the playoffs. Like, this team, every other year, misses the playoffs. What have they ever done to reach this level of, oh, yeah, we don't need to try in the first two periods? Like, how can they have that in them? How are they not hungrier to win after getting a taste of winning for the first time in a decade last year? Like, how can it not be, man, we really want to accomplish that?
3: Can I just make, like, a side comment about a thing that annoys me? Sure. And it's not just you, William. I hate and I understand like from a mental perspective why it's done. But I really hate the way that this whole 8 year thing is lumped together like as if this is the same exact team we've been seeing for the last 8 years. It's like two guys that have been here for the last 8 years. And around them for most of those 8 years was mostly a bunch of garbage and a general manager who didn't try even once to make it better. So, well
1: they still I have understand- a general manager who doesn't try to make it better. <sighs>
3: I, that's not I do quite fair. He's trying. I do believe he's trying. And I understand that people want to be like, well, I'll fucking get it done. There has to be somebody else who wants to get it done.
1: There are two players. He's been here since December 2019. There are two players in the lineup that he's acquired. Two.
3: He's been here two because years. Prior to this season, I think that we were all under the impression that this was a good hockey team. <laughs> <I think that laughs> he was the only one that got it wrong think all of us did
2: yeah i i want to talk about that kelly because like let's talk about these last eight years who was here for the past eight years Drew and claude Giroux, jake voracek and sean couturier Kuturier, sean yeah. couturier michael roffel which ghost. <laughs> oh, ghost Charlie's. Charlie's. why are we talking about michael fucking roffel <laughs> no,
1: ghost ghost has been here like five years fucking like lots of guys have been here for a lot of this time it's not just a couple yeah, of guys. That's like,
3: four. That's not lots.
1: Scott Lawton well, been here a while. Like Ivan yeah. Ivan Provorov's in year five. What are we th- like,
2: like? Right, but but we're talking eight. We're talking eight.
1: So like seventy five percent of that time.
2: Okay, but like. Okay, so in, in yes the last fi- no.
1: So let's call it the last 5 years. They've accomplished exactly nothing other than getting bounced before the second round of the playoffs. They've accomplished, like they've exact they've accomplished exactly
2: nothing over the last 5 years. That's okay, a long I'm fucking not, time to do nothing. I'm Green. not disagreeing with you, but we need to look at the context of the last 5 years. Like yes, we're all angry. We are all angry. But the context of the last 5 years is two different GMs. Two, three different head coaches. Like, there's been a lot... And and a global pandemic. Like, let's not forget that part. It's only a a pandemic pandemic
1: in Philly. Tampa Bay, there's no pandemic.
0: They were a good team,
2: and in those five years, were favorites to win the Cup. And I had already given up on them. So, like, they accomplished precisely nothing for a lot of those five years too if we're just going back five years and they, then they, pres- accomplish they something. accomplished something accomplish precisely one thing in one season like that's it
1: i mean they they weren't like the most frustrating team in hockey that you just wanted to throw in the garbage the context of those previous seasons is they weren't good but they were supposed to be by now and now they're fucking worse and that's worth criticizing yeah. a group that has
2: accomplished nothing they should be trying yeah, I, harder I, i'm agreeing with you I am so fucking sick of this team. I hate every single one of the hockey players. Like if we were to go down, if our entire show was going down the roster and being like, name something you like about these guys, I would not be able to name one single thing. I like about any one of these flyers, anyone. And that is very not my personality because I can find something nice to say about everyone's kids or pets. I don't like anybody on the it's, team right now.
4: I mean, my, my thing with the, with the whole eight years thing is that, and these honestly are the things that, that frustrate me the most, because it's like, it's like one of those things that is perfect. Perfect for talk radio because it sounds it sounds great in a soundbite and on the surface level it sounds like the smartest observation in the world but like if you really scratch below the surface it's like okay we're pissed off that they've been bad for eight years that's that's totally fair what are we going to do about it well we're mad because the team hasn't won okay well what are we going to do about it we'll trade everybody like well no you can't do that because then you've wasted everything like you can't just blow up a team because you're mad at it because then you're just going to proceed to be even more mad at it when the team doesn't have nearly as much talent as it used to. And then you have to go through the whole thing again. So like I get the frustration and I get that it sounds smart, but like number one, a lot of things have changed. Number two, the roster makeup has changed. No, it hasn't changed in full because no team turns over their entire roster every three years just because they're mad. I mean, they don't like like <laughs> just like because
2: they're mad. Like, Maybe like, they like ought no, they got to. Like,
4: no, no one does. No one does.
1: <laughs> I mean, like so.
4: Two, so what? Two you got, guys so in what the you lineup. Got, two guys. So what you got to look at is okay. We have these players. We like these players should be viewed as kind of just like a combination of talent. How do we improve the team? by not necessarily, like, turning... Let's say, like, the aggregate talent level of the Flyers, you know, in terms of raw true talent, and just making up a number, like, is, like, 640. Maybe the 640 raw talent doesn't mix well together. So, you can cut down the raw talent level to 610 if that 610 mixes better. That's fine. I'm cool with that. What you can't do is cut down the raw talent level from 640 to 400 and think that's going to work because it's not like you can make a couple trades that you maybe like lose the trade from a true talent standpoint in order to improve the mix that's fine what you can't do is you can't make six trades cut your talent level down to 400 and then wonder why your team sucks so like that's what i mean by like there has to be nuance here and there has to be like you can't just respond to i'm mad at the team so just blow it up i don't care anymore because all that's going to lead to is you then becoming even more mad when the team is even worse than it is but
1: like who's like i'm not saying blow it up i'm saying change literally anything make any change which is fair
4: like change something because you've changed nothing since you got the job you two players in the lineup two well i mean well i mean they did make changes in the first off season that Chuck Fletcher had, and that resulted in the team having the sixth-best record in hockey. Two years and ago. Going, and, and going to the second. Well, it's two years ago because the entire thing was paused because of a global pandemic, man. Like, All you, right. like let, let's.
2: It, that was w- still last season. There, were, there like, was, it was last there was season. One,
4: like, Chuck Fletcher has had two off seasons. One off season he nailed, one off season he clearly didn't. So, like, let's not try to make it sound worse by being like, well, it was two You're years allowed ago. to like, do
1: things in season, though, other than bring in Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, right? Like, that's, it's, it's legal.
4: Sure, It's not against sure. the rules to improve
1: the team in season. Sure. Okay. It's not against the rules to do that. Does he know that? I would think so, yeah. He has so, never attempted it.
2: Um, I would not agree with that because we have no idea what he's been attempting and what he hasn't. You need someone receptive on the other end, and with a frozen cap right now, nobody is receptive. Uh,
1: there have been trades. I mean, like not it's a lot. happened.
2: Not a lot. And also, like— uh,
1: You don't get paid for not... excuses. I, I tried— Like, what the fuck are we doing here?
2: But it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Like, there's a difference. He's not dealing from a
3: a position of strength right now. And if other teams are saying to him, if you want our good player, you're going to have to give us Travis Sanheim and Morgan Frost and picks. Like, no, that's not. But you're not improving. If you're subtracting
2: talent. How good is Travis Sanheim? You're not improving
3: the team cares?
2: Okay, Don't these are like, like a lot of different conversations that we're having at once because
4: Bill is running the conversation like, and he, I can't and he, and he, what, he, he over he overwhelms the conversation with five conversations.
2: Like I uh, can't I can't follow what you're mad about, what I'm supposed to be responding to. So instead, I'm going to take over the conversation. <laughs> I did a, a Twitter thread on after that big Rangers loss. What would you do? Like as Chuck Fletcher. What would you do? And, and I'm going to throw that out to the group. One move. What would you do right now? I would trade all of my bad players
3: for good players.
2: No, we're not <laughs> doing
3: sarcasm. <laughs> no, damn it. What would you do? So I'm going to steal Charlie's idea from the Slack chat last night because it's actually a good one. And I would trade Jake Vorchek for nothing just to change the mix. Sorry, Charlie.
4: Yeah. I, I, no, I mean, the point, the point I made in Slack is like, look, if you've decided that the mix has to be changed, you know, and by the mix, it's like, okay, make a big move. And I, I've made this point on Twitter. I've made this point on the show. Like, the guy that gets moved is Voracek. Yeah. Because we said that you literally. Week. Because you literally can't trade Clodger. You're not allowed. And if you trade Sean Couturier, then you're basically saying, okay, we're rebuilding. And like, fine, I think some people are receptive to that. I'm not. So if you're going to make a big move, like, fine. Like, that, that's, that's the point I made about like, why are we talking about Michael Roffle? Because, like, okay, fine. Like, if if, if trading Michael Raffle will show people that the Flyers are doing something, like, that's fine. I, and in all honesty, like, I'd be fine with him trading Michael Raffle now because he probably shouldn't be re-signed anyway, and Tanner Zolzinski is probably better than Michael Raffle right now, so whatever, trade Michael Raffle. But, like, if you're going to actually make a consequential move, that's, like, that's not trading Michael Raffle or trading Scott Lawton or whatever. Like, that's trading someone important. And Jake Voracek is the guy who, like, okay, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. He's clearly in, like, decline relative to where he was four or five years ago. And if you were to find a way to move him, that would clear space for you to add new pieces. Now, it might not clear as much space as you think because there's a very good chance you'd have to take on a bad contract to do it. But it certainly would change, like, the locker room mix. So, to me, if you're going to do something big that's hard— that's probably the big move that you make.
2: Bill, what would you do? One move. What would you do? Strip the C. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Didn't I already no, look, say we're not doing sarcasm? I, I'm what not sure you he's being do? sarcastic.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure sarcastic. I'm being
1: sarcastic either. Uh, <laughs>
2: what would you do? No, like,
1: I would trade Shane Goss' bear. I would trade literally anybody. I would trade one guy. I would make a hockey trade. I would trade more than one guy, but I'd start with one. like trade literally anybody
2: so for me what i would do is i i I came up with a lot of a lot of what would you do and how would this work and this is why it's a good idea and this is why it's a real shit idea scenario so my first thing was fire the assistant coaches like at this point
1: how are they employed
2: exactly at this point how do they still have a job and sure, this is going to potentially create a tenuous position or a situation with Alain Vigneault, but look at your fucking team, bro. Like, y- someone needs to be held accountable. It shouldn't you're be lucky a- that it's not you.
1: It shouldn't be a comfortable position. Like, you just, you're fucking right, You're like, fucking around with the Sabres.
2: <laughs> sorry, we're firing your friends, but look at your team and you're lucky that it's not you. You're lucky that we're letting you keep your job to fix this mess. And then let him pick his next assistants. There are guys out there, but that's that's where I would start. I don't give a fuck about AV's relationship with Chuck Fletcher if that's what's keeping this team from becoming better than this shit that we've been watching. I could not care less. So that would be number one. Go ahead, Charlie.
4: No, I mean, the thing with with Fire and the assistant coach is, like, there probably is a way you can do it. Like, my understanding, number one, one thing that's, that would be interesting, I don't know if they would do this, um, because I do think they think highly of him. But, like, someone did point out to me that, like, it's not like Chuck Fletcher hired Kim Dillabaugh. Like, he was a he was a holdover. Like, he was not a Chuck Fletcher hire or an Elaine Bino hire. Like, they just kept Kim Dillaball because he's a good goalie coach. Like, he, he coached up John Quick. Like, he's a good goalie coach. But that also means that, like, there isn't that loyalty of, like, he's their guy. And the goalies are playing poorly. Real that. So, like, that is something you could do. I don't know if they would do it. But if you think, like, hey, maybe Carter Hart needs a new voice that might do a better job of getting through to him— Maybe that's something you do, and that is something tangible that you would do, and people would be like, yeah, that makes sense. When the team has the worst save percentage in hockey, maybe the goalie coach gets fired. Sure,
2: that's a position that you that, that would make sense, and a move that would make sense if you didn't just say to everyone, well, it's Carter Hart's fault that he's not working hard enough, yeah, and it's not the goalie coach's fault. It's a
4: fair point. <laughs> like,
2: that just happened. Like, you can't say... Carter Hart isn't listening and not working hard enough if, if you think the goalie coach is the problem. So then we look into trades like let's let's do a big trade and it's got to be someone that is important. Again, Michael Roffle is probably important enough in the locker room, but to, on the ice, not. So it's got to be someone that shakes up What's happening in, in in the the chemistry of the team? So Shane Gossesbear would probably be a big deal. Uh, Jake Voracek would absolutely be a big deal. And yeah, Claude Giroux has the no move clause, but could he be persuaded to waive that to be like, listen, bro, like we want to send you to a winner because this team stinks, smells bad. Like, could he be persuaded to to waive it? In reality, probably not. But is it worth the conversation? Maybe he's got one year left on his deal. After this one, people would want him. So I, I, I don't know. It hurts me on a personal level. I want to see Claude Giroux in orange and black until we all die. But it could it could make sense. Now, who else would really shake up this this team? Um, any of the young guys. Yeah, but any, I don't any, think of the,
4: any of the young guys would definitely Any of go. the young
2: guys. Like, and, 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 I and, think... and, and I
4: think, I think that's going to happen. Like, I think somebody... There's going to be a young guy that people like that I think is going to get moved in the summer. And I'm not saying that as, like, I know who it is. Like, I don't know who it is. I just think that at some point, like, you got to give to get, and the Flyers' most valuable assets are their young players. So I would be very surprised if the Flyers enter next season with... All of their twenty five and under players that are currently on the team still on the team just because like I don't know how else they're going to do the kind of roster shake up that I think they realize is needed.
2: And on that note- I just
4: don't I just don't think it's gonna happen now.
2: Like I don't think that Ivan Proforov is going anywhere, but looking at his play on the ice lately, he could and I'd be fine. That was a nice move My in overtime last fine. night. Nice nice move. What was that?
1: Nice move in overtime last night. You know, Between yeah, that nice. and what he did in Montreal last year, maybe move Provorov to wing. Oh, God. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. On that note, we're going to. I'm
2: just saying, if Damn you it. can move Provorov for a, a legit one D. You can't. You can't. Right. But I'm saying. No. If you could. If you could.
1: On that note, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a minute.
2: Just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All
1: right, everybody, we are back. Uh, That was a fun commercial break. Hang on to the end of the show. Maybe you'll find out what happened. Uh, So I just have a question. Are they just fucking tired? Like, I'm tired. You all look tired. Charlie looks like he died three days ago. (laughs) I'm just like, everyone's facial expressions, everyone's like... Frustration level appears tired. Are they just fucking tired?
3: I'm sure they are, but every team is fucking tired. Yeah, sure. And not all of them are blowing it every single night. I don't want to so, hear that
2: shit. Yes, yes, yes. They're, they're definitely tired. Um, I think that a fun question to ask would be to the players, have they ever played at this pace before? Because... It's
4: well, they haven't. I mean, th- th- no, it's one of those things crazy like crazy pants. Well, they sorry. definitely haven't.
2: Um, I was gonna say in college, there's
4: no college schedules are actually even easier. In college, they yeah, don't, you play they like, really don't play during the week. You play yeah, Friday, play Saturday, Saturday back to back, and then you're done. Yeah, like the the only schedule that like even remotely gets close to this demanding is actually the AHL because they do those like weekend series yeah. where like sometimes they do like what basically like the three and threes. So, like, the AHL schedule is the only one that is, like, remotely, But then they have big gaps. That's the thing. Like, they don't—it's not this relentless. Look, like, I'm sure they're tired. Is that an excuse? No, because everybody's tired. Even though, like, I I will acknowledge that the Flyers' schedule, even compared to most of the other teams that are going through it, like, the fact that they had the COVID pause makes their schedule worse. Because they had to fit in a few more extra games here and there. So, like, compared to, like, say, the Penguins, their Penguin schedule is bad, but it's not this bad. That said, I mean, the point I've I've made throughout this whole thing is that it's not— The schedule is part of it, but, like, that's not the reason. It's more like— To me, the, the issue with the schedule is, like, this was always going to be bad. The schedule is just making it worse. Yeah. Like, the schedule isn't the reason why they're playing like shit. The reason why they're playing like shit is because the goalies couldn't stop a puck to start the month, and then the players fell apart as a result of that, and now the process is a mess, and now they can't play defense. So, like, that's the reason. But, oh, the, f- but the fact that the schedule has been this relentless just makes those reasons be even worse because they don't have time to fix it and they're tired which then makes them play worse defense which then makes it harder for the goalies to fix the problems that are making things but like it all just compounds on itself so like yes the schedule is playing a role that said like because look at it this way if you're a winning team and you're doing the right things and you have a demanding schedule a demanding schedule is kind of fun yeah because it's like hey we're on a roll we're, we're, we're playing well we're on a roll and we just get to keep going out there and keep winning like you really start picking up momentum in a demanding schedule because like everything's going right and you're trusting your teammates and you're trusting the coaches and you're trusting that you're going to get decent luck and you're trusting you're going to get saves and then it's like yeah keep throwing me out there guys like keep, you know yeah 3 and 4 nights let's fucking go but when you're losing it becomes like oh my god I want to go to sleep and I got to go out there and get my teeth kicked in again. Like that's how all of this is happening. And then you get March for the flyers and you just get everyone wants to die.
1: Fucking and by imagine, everyone. I don't
4: just mean the players. Imagine,
2: <laughs> but, being, but also
3: us. Imagine being Buffalo. <laughs> like, imagine. That's I do so, feel actually bad for them.
1: I know. Like watching last night, I was like, Oh wow. This is beyond. Like it, this isn't fixable. Yeah. <laughs> like you have three nothing lead and you lose forty seconds in the overtime. <laughs> but mm. fuck the Sabers, they're they're their own problem. Uh, so like obviously it's nobody's fault because like there's a global pandemic going on. But how frustrating is is it that like there's obviously something wrong beyond like there's an overarching thing here. There's something else wrong than just the play on the ice. There's something causing it but the media has, like, next to no access. Like, I I find it extremely frustrating. Like, yes, the media played too big of a role in the breakup of, like, the Dry Island squad, but we also got to hear about shit like Pronger and G G getting into it in the locker room. Like, I would like a crumb of something that I just feel like the Zoom calls and shit can't fully
4: accomplish. Like, is this frustrating anybody else? No. Well, yeah, I mean... like, look, I, I cover the team, so obviously I'd prefer to have more yeah. access. And I mean, look, you still hear things, yeah. You know, it's even just, though you're not there, it's just different. But yeah, well, it, of course, it's different, and it's been a, it's been a it's challenge filtering. for you know for everyone involved, absolutely. But you know, the point I'll make about that concept, the concept, because this is really going into um, what uh, what Kiprio said in his in his. Um, uh, podcast, radio show, whatever it was, um, a few days ago, and I think Kelly transcribed it. Basically, he made the point that he's heard that there's a disconnect between the younger players and some of the veterans, um, and that that's caused some tension. And I don't doubt that there's truth to that in the sense that, like, guys get pissed. I mean, I've written, I think justifiably, that, like, the young players aren't playing well. Like, the most of the veterans are playing pretty well. And the young players are the ones that are really, really struggling this year. The point I'll make is, like, I don't think anybody dislikes each other. Like, I'm sure that there are, like, you know, some players may think that some other players maybe aren't as good as their reputations and whatnot. And you get frustrated with somebody because you're worried, You're like, is he really all in? But, like, everything gets amplified when you're losing. Because then everybody's pissed off. And then it's like, okay, well, all those things that normally aren't really that big of a deal that literally every team has. Like, every single hockey team, everybody doesn't, like, love each other like you have clicks you have like hey this young player that the organization thinks is really good i don't think he's as good as they think he is like i don't dislike him as a person but maybe like it annoys me a little bit when he's still getting 15 minutes a night even in games where he's struggling like these are the things that pop that that pop up on any team and when you're losing every night often in embarrassing fashion those fault lines get exposed. So, like, I don't doubt that there's some tension, but, like, of course there's tension. The team's playing like shit. It's
1: natural. To your point, though, I think, like we said last week, how they just need an asshole on this team. Like, Jake's a sarcastic dick, but I don't know if he's, like, going to scream in anyone's face <laughs> except Mike Sealski. Um, hmm. like, <laughs> like, I think one of the problems is they all, like, they... Do get along too well? It's like a oh yeah, well, it's my buddy over there, like not going to yell Nolan Patrick cuz he's fun to hang out with. Like I, I I'm just I just said a name. I'm not actually saying he's fun or not to hang out with. Throw in Travis Connect. <laughs> the
2: face was I don't know if he's actually fun to hang out does with. Does not
1: seem fun at all. <laughs> I'll not, say it Travis out loud. Travis <laughs> Connect. Who the fuck ever?
2: Just That one's better. Player Thank X, you.
1: okay? Like I think there's a little too much like Kevin Hayes. I like to text the boys and keep things loose. You need that. But sometimes you should not be loose. Things are not loose right now.
4: Things need to be like a little more tense. I, I don't think they're loose. I, I think things are pretty tense right now in that locker room. Um, and I mean, there's, there's something to be said because uh, I, I really don't think that that Kiprio has just made that up by no, any means. I think no. he's obviously hearing this and I think there's obviously something to it. And I mean, you know, I, I, I hear rumblings, like, I don't hear that, like, the locker room is in chaos, but, like, yeah, they're pissed off. Like, one one thing that Ghost said after a game that I thought was pretty telling, um, especially because, like, he theoretically could be considered part of this, but, like, he's not over the age of 30— Um He said something in his rant when he did the, like, this is fucking, like, we're getting absolutely fucking killed in front of the net, things like that, that everybody loved. He said something else, and it was basically the extent of, like, it's not fair to the older players on this team. And I think, like, I don't think he was talking about himself, because I don't think he views himself as old, but I do think he was referring to guys like Drew and Voracek, and I think there's an element of those guys realize their window is closing. and they maybe get frustrated that the younger guys maybe don't have that same urgency because their window is not closing. Like for them, this can just be kind of like a shit year. And in so many ways it is just a shit year, but for Drew and Voracek, like it can't be, it can't just be a shit year because they don't have too many shit years left.
1: (laughs) So, and that, that gets to a great point. Um, I made the joke about Giroux earlier and like, you know, I all, you all know, I love G and uh, he's one of the few guys like I never question his effort. I know. I don't think he's smart enough to like take a shift off. Honestly, like I know he's (laughs) fine. I I know he's bad thing to say. No, I know he's working his ass off. Like when he's out there and he's a lead by example guy, how come like, it doesn't seem to translate. Like, He works his ass off and he can will them to a win personally. Like last night, he was great in the third period and in overtime. But how come we have this situation where it's like, yeah, we got to bench some guys. Like, why doesn't it translate?
3: So can I tell you a thing that I made up in my head that's not at all real, but I've decided that it is? Oh, 100%. (laughs) So this whole idea of a disconnect between the young guys and the old guys... What Charlie said made a lot of sense, I think, in the sense that these guys know that their window's closing and so they have a sense of urgency that the young guys don't. But also, um, it seems like a lot of our younger players are kind of just like goof off, having fun out there kind of guys. And maybe the disconnect is that Claude Giroux, just to use him as an example, is like, I'm going out there every fucking night And sometimes I have to do it by myself. What is your problem, young player X? Like maybe that's where the tension is because it makes sense to me that there would be that kind of tension there. Because a lot of nights it is Claude Giroux going out there with his old ass, getting it done. (laughs) And then, you know, Travis Konechny and Nolan Patrick are fucking around not doing anything.
1: Like why it's
3: got to be frustrating for him. I
2: I just don't think that's necessarily fair because Ivan Provorov plays 30 minutes a night and he's one of the young guys. Well, he's been playing like shit this season. Well, yes, but still he plays 30 minutes a night. I'm not
3: saying it's every young guy. that I'm I'm sure that they don't have a problem with every single player under the age of 30 on the team, but there are quite a few of them that are underperforming big time this season. And if I'm Claude Giroux, I would be kind of pissed off that... Travis Konechny is nowhere to be found after playing lights out last season, and there's no real reason for it. Like, what is your problem, bro? Start scoring goals.
1: He had some chances last night that were just like, God damn,
4: those both go in last year. Like,
3: (laughs) I know, right? I mean, quietly –
4: Quietly, Konechny, if you actually look at his numbers over the last like 15 or so games, like he's back to being close to at a point per game pace. Like, Konechny quietly is scoring again. It just doesn't matter because we're all so pissed off. I was going to say, Charlie,
3: like, I don't even <laughs> notice when they win games anymore because everything is so bad. When Bill said that they won six games in March, I was like, wait, when? We did? Yeah. Because I don't remember any of those. <laughs> no, that's. Yeah, we're, but like, yeah, like, like, I, like I quietly. Think,
2: I think that it gets real fucking ugly when players on this team start blaming each other uh like we can blame them but I mean, if they're, not saying if they're that in they the are. locker room i mean they're up. in the locker room blaming each other then then shit's gone real fucking well bad. i mean it's
4: very well, shit's gone real yeah, fucking bad I mean, like and i'm not saying like i'm not, yeah, saying, like, like, I'm not saying they're all level bl- of real yeah fucking bad. i know but like shit has gone real bad in terms of the on ice so it wouldn't you know i understand like i look let me put it this way like you're like, let's say you're, let's say you're, you're Jake Voracek, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying that he's done this, but like, let's say you're Jake Voracek, and you're like, you know, you, you can see, you know, that you only have a few more years of being an impact player in this league, and like, you know, that you're sympathetic to Carter Hart because he's going through some shit, and he's, you know, and he's struggling, and they watch him, and they like him as a person, but you hit the locker room. In the second intermission, after you're giving up six goals on eleven shots, and like you might not even mean it, but you're just like, "Come the fuck on, dude! Like make a save! Yeah. Like I know that you're not, and and like you know, you know deep down that it's not all his fault. You know that he's going through shit. You know that the defense is just as much, if not more, to blame than him. But you know what? You're a human being. And you say stuff that you don't fully mean because you're pissed off. And, and, like, should you should you do it? No. But, like, everyone in the history of the world has done it.
1: And, like, in Jake's defense, whoever took it easy on him? Like, it's been all his and Jeru's fault for a decade, and they're the only good players. <laughs>
4: <laughs> whoever... Was and, 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 and to be clear, I am not reporting that Jake I no, yeah, called out Carter no. I'm talking in hypotheticals yeah. that, like... If, if, like, an a older player just lost his shit and was like, God damn it, just play better on a younger player... I'm not saying it's right but i am saying i could understand why someone could lose their talent no, given understand the circumstance of the I, situation
1: remember when g i th- was it his rookie no it was his second year when like him and pronger got into it in the locker room and it like pronger even said afterwards like remember what happened after that like i missed a bunch of games like clearly i'm going through some shit too i realize he's young but like play better man this is it for me like i fully understand uh, the veterans like that's what i wanted to ask like okay so Last night, the third period take, turns into the GJ and Coots show, and like the Hayes line played too. I don't want to leave them out, and they did well. Um, but how are we? St- you know who should have been benched in the third period? GJ and Coots, and you, you, why should they have been benched? Because the game was seven nothing Flyers, and the veterans need to sit down. Like it should have been the other way around. How are we still? It's them. It's their teams. Like uh, they're still the highest paid guys, to the best players, especially Coots. But like. How are they dragging this team to win still?
4: Why? Well, I mean, it's because all the young players, you know, number one, and we knew this, you know, that really the only young player on the team that had star potential probably was Hart, and obviously Hart is not playing like that this year. But part of it is just, you know, when you're an older player and you're still productive and you're still in the top half of the lineup, you know, that's just the way a team works. You know, people are going to look to you. But it's also that, like, the younger players, you know, they, like... Let me put it this way. If you add Connor McDavid to a team with veterans, he's immediately going to become one of the, you know, the players you look to because he's just that damn good. There's nobody on this team that's a young player, aside from maybe Hart, that is that damn good. So because of that, it's just the status quo remains the same and it still gets deferred to the older guys who are still productive and still at the top of the lineup.
1: So I want to do something fun now, because goddamn, was that uh, that was just that was a depressing fifty-six minutes. Um, so this crazy idea came up on the on the post-game show that I said I'd mention because I loved it so much. Somebody suggested should at like I realize this is impossible. I just want to know: Would you do it? Would you just swap this entire roster to Seattle for the right to the expansion draft? Would you make that move?
3: Yeah, for funsies. I think it would be fun to draft a team from start. Although, could we have Seattle's front office in the trade as well? (laughs) Could we have the entire organization?
4: (laughs) Now, there's a a question. (laughs) That that is interesting. Because I don't know Um, if I
3: trust this particular group to draft a team from scratch. We'd have a lot of glass running around.
4: I guess my answer is No. But, like, I understand why people are frustrated enough that that would seem like a good idea.
2: Steph? Yeah, my answer is also no, but to take it a step further than what Charlie said, imagine how much worse it could potentially get (laughs) with a group of guys you don't already hate because then you would have hope, and there's nothing worse than hope. I
1: mean, I had had hope coming into the season. They're going to miss the playoffs. Like, I had hoped that they were a cup contender. it's, it's just, ah, Jesus Christ. And, uh, I know. Speaking of the cup, there's only so much we can talk about the Flyers. Who do you got winning it? Who do you think walks away with this thing? We're more than halfway through the season. It, there's so much focus because we only play the division teams. We never talk about the other divisions because like, we don't see them unless you're deciding to stay up late or watch hockey on a Flyers off night, which, Jesus Christ, that makes you a sick, sick individual. Uh, <laughs> who, do you, who do you think is winning it?
3: Yeah, that's the problem. With this schedule, Like the idea of watching hockey when the Flyers aren't playing right now is, makes me want to kill myself. Like, so I have not watched a single hockey game that's not a Flyers game. Some nights early February,
1: some nights I do it just to remind myself
4: like, oh, no, other teams know what they're doing. Uh, That's what good hockey looks (laughs) like. like, I'm
3: still saying the abs. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, the abs, like if you look at their and, and obviously this isn't, you know, a guarantee of championship, but if you look at the abs underlying five on five metrics, like they're not just good, they're like the Chicago team that was illegal under the cap and they had to break up good. Like they are they, they are like they are Detroit Red Wings with Nicholas Lidstrom and Pavel Datsu good. Like it's it's actually bonkers how well they control the shot and chance battle. And as long as their goaltending doesn't totally kill them or they don't get destroyed by injuries like they were last playoffs, like it's just hard for me to bet on anyone else that isn't the Colorado Avalanche right now. Vegas? They're good. I, I, don't, just don't, I don't know
2: who's good anymore. Yeah, I mean I just I don't think they're as
4: good, as, good as the Avs, but they're they're good. They're I don't and, know anything and, about
2: hockey. Well
4: the Avs <laughs> will have to go through them, probably. <laughs> That's, so. Carolina and Vegas lead the league with a seven
1: forty two points percentage. Carolina. Uh, I would just Yeah, Carolina, right?
3: A Carolina avs final would be so fucking fun to watch.
1: It would that would be fun. I'm dying. Yeah. I'm just I want Tampa and Colorado. Like
4: i could i mean it very well like i just want to see the two best rosters
1: like that's who i think has the two best tampa
4: tampa will have kucherov back for the playoffs um carolina is really carolina is really good too yeah I, i guess like the three teams i look at as the favorites right now are probably colorado tampa carolina and then vegas is there i don't think they're there they're damn good I, the funny thing is, and this is actually like this is honestly one thing that makes it even more frustrating hate to bring back to the Flyers. But like, damn. god damn it, <laughs> I don't know if any of the teams in the East are even all that good. No, like they're like they're good, but they're not like cup contenders. Are good, like the Caps. I I think you know they're they're probably going to win the division because it's Laviolette's first year and he's going to get the most out of them. Like I don't think they're that great of a team. The Islanders, I think, I mean. What's happening to them recently is exactly what happened to them last year. They And it's the same point I made a couple shows ago. They lost one really good player, one key player in Anders Lee, and now they're just like, they're the well-oiled machine that if you take one part out, they suddenly are not elite anymore. Like, they were legitimately playing lead. I don't think they're the same team without Anders Lee, and I don't know if they're going to be the same team because he ain't coming back. The Penguins, I just don't trust. No, like, I know they're playing really well this month, but I just don't trust them. And... Boston is thanking their lucky stars that the Flyers are such a mess because they haven't played well for the better part of a month and a half.
3: You know what's wild about that? Like we talk so much about how this division is so hard because there's five five playoff teams for four spots. But like those five playoff no, teams compared to well, there were at some point. <laughs> like if you watch really good teams like the Avalanche or the Golden Knights or the Canes play it's pretty clear that none of the teams in this division are even close yeah, to that there's, level.
1: There's not an elite team here. Like, no, I don't think so. I think Washington could get to compete level. Like, I think they could give any of those teams a series uh, just cause like, and that's playing their tip top game, but I,
3: there's definitely not one of those teams. Mm. Mm
4: everything sucks
3: <sighs> so many other teams are so fast there's no like crazy fast team in this division how bad no, no it really old isn't guys
4: yeah yeah i mean washington's a slow team the islanders purposely play slow mm-hmm. boston's old-ish you know especially at the top of their lineup i guess um and then who's the team and pittsburgh yeah P- pittsburgh pittsburgh plays pretty fast they play pretty fast they move the puck
1: yeah, how they, bad they, does,
4: they, they have some bad games, but when they're playing well, they play fast. How bad does this Ekblad injury suck for Florida? Oh my god! Ooh, yeah, and for was, him, that, that looked fucking. Oh. oh,
2: it was excruciating. Yeah, was I not refused watched. to watch it. I didn't it was just it. God to see a hockey player, like of all of the sports, a hockey player in so much pain. Yeah, I mean no, that poor you. guy. He had to get. Like stri- he was in so much pain. He didn't know where he was. Like that. Oh, poor guy it and sounds apparently, like Florida's though good
4: yeah, Weird. what who knew um it, it, one thing i will say though about ekblad is that and it looked really bad they're apparently saying he's only going to miss 12 weeks which is a lot better yeah, than i bad. thought yeah so it's like hurting. maybe it was one of those deals like, which is probably still going to put him out for the season yeah, I assume. yeah yeah but maybe it was one of those deals where like yeah it's painful as hell but it was more of like something of like a clean break mm-hmm. where like they're going to do surgery and it will heal like quicker than if like, I, I, I thought his whole leg collapsed. That's I, I It looked it like, like he needed a new leg. Yeah. yeah. Like it looked bad. Well, that's, and it's, that's like, yeah. So I was happy to hear that.
2: In the NBA or in college basketball, like when you see one of these big men come down wrong and they're like, their leg breaks and the bone pops nah, out no like that's still just a broken leg that's going to heal the same way as a normal broken leg would and it seems like that's what's going on for Aaron Eckblad. which is good like this yeah. is a positive yeah, yeah. oh yeah absolutely like, absolutely no
1: and like as much as i hate the panthers like him personally and the team was playing well it sucks for them um
2: we got anything else no god no all right fuck this team man <laughs>
1: Well, that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. All you got to do is search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom, content daily. It's pretty awesome. You won't need Flyers coverage anywhere else except maybe The Athletic. Go there. Uh, But other than them, just us. Just us.
2: That's That's it. it. All right.
1: Uh, For Steph, for Charlie, for Kelly, my name is Bill. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, everybody, we're back real fast. So basically, Charlie said 20 seconds before I wrapped everything up. Uh, he saw a media alert or a tweet or something that said, Shane Bear of the Philadelphia Flyers has been placed on waivers. The oh, fuck. As soon as we finish the show, they do this. Fuck you. Uh, so we're, we're just doing a real quick reaction to this. Uh, I... He can't... Mm? Is anyone so going to claim him?
4: I mean, I don't, I don't, I think there's a, there's a good chance that nobody claims them.
3: I think there is a good chance, but somebody I mean, could,
2: so uh, to, to what end? Like, did, did you look for a trade partner and couldn't find one? So now he's on, I assume that's what happened. I mean, he's, they've
4: been, they've been looking for a trade partner. Yeah. They looked for a trade partner all last off season and couldn't find someone.
2: So, you know what I was thinking that
3: I didn't say out loud because I didn't think that it was actually a thing, was that his comments recently are kind of a little fuck you, Vino, in nature. And I wonder if this is kind of like a we've had enough of you and your bullshit go away from us now. It seems like a very stupid move considering how poorly this team has been playing defense and he's not been the worst one by a long shot.
1: Say he clears, you can bury some of his salary in the minors then, yes? Yes. I don't know. So, no
2: either. I I think yes.
1: So then maybe this is to create clearing, space for a move. Space.
2: Is he gonna I, be on the phantoms? What the uh, fuck's that happening That would be fucking here? wild. I
1: I mean, I just I said I I want to change, and like his was the name I first brought up, just because he's been here a while, and
2: but that I, this I is don't, not what we expect. I don't
1: expect him in the long long term plans here, but like. No, I don't know. Just waving him seems
3: although like suspicious. It
1: yeah. seems odd. I will say like if someone does claim him, you're clear of a lot of money
4: yeah that that's yeah. that's the key. I mean, I think really what this boils down to is probably they they want to clear some cap space they they tried to trade ghosts, no one wanted them, so now it's like, well, let's see if somebody wants him to take him for nothing because at this point, he's not part of you know what we envision as the future, so if we lose him for nothing that stinks but i mean i can tell you as as far back as last offseason the flyers could not get anyone to take him without paying someone to take him that's, that's so why wild. like that but like that like that's why he was that's why he stayed like the plan my understanding yeah. of what the plan was going into the offseason what he was, is that he was going to be traded that that was that was going to happen that you know, that's how they were gonna clear some space. That's how they were gonna, you know, potentially work to make moves. And the decision was essentially made. I've I've written about this, that basically we're not willing to give up a prospect or high pick yeah. just to get out from under Shane Gosses Bear's contract. So that's the environment that Ghost was in last offseason. Now, granted, he's played better this year. So, you know, I don't know if his value is that low, but it's still a stagnant cap situation. And the, you know, it's hard for teams to justify taking on guys with a $4.5 million cap hit who are probably third-pair defensemen at this point. Well, here's an example of the Flyers basically seeing, okay, well, if you're not willing to give us anything, maybe you're willing to take them for nothing. That That's, and I mean, I haven't been able to call anybody or talk to anybody about this yet because I was on a podcast when it got announced.
2: <laughs> it literally <laughs> happened seven minutes ago. But
4: I mean, that's, that's my initial reaction is that, you know, me clear space if not then gives us flexibility to you know taxi squad him whatever i mean i don't i don't like... want
1: to turn this into a whole second like full show but i do have to like ask a quick question here obviously if they were able to trade ghost maybe they get a defenseman back but like if the plan was to trade him this off season and like you didn't replace Niskanen you went and got Gustafson you moved Samuel Moran to fucking forward what was the plan on defense a little bit <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> seriously what
3: they the come in with five question. and a half defensemen <laughs> that is a great question
2: even so, even assuming you didn't know about matt niskanen which they we did. did
3: yeah they did so, remember how pissed off people were when they lost mark friedman for nothing what's gonna happen if we lose ghost for nothing oh we're ooh. gonna lose their fucking mind. i can't well,
1: imagine
3: yeah i don't think anyone's gonna take him either but it, it it would be funny for chaos reasons i mean
2: and and we're not the problem is we're not gonna know for another 24 hours and yeah. that pains me deeply because so much time that's so right. much time that i've got to wait to find out does anyone I... else oh, yeah what
1: I was just, does anyone else have any thoughts? I know we want to get this wrapped up. I'm just, I, I'm like I, I'm baffled.
2: I'm
3: flabbergasted. This <laughs> did not, is, not see this coming.
2: Like, like out something. of all of my scenarios of what would Chuck do? This was, this wasn't nope. waving, waving core players was not on my list. Nope. He did something. Very so upset about I, guess, it.
1: I guess I can't get mad because he did something.
2: He did something. <laughs> You did still, this
3: bill. Still hasn't, added, still
1: hasn't added Still hasn't added anything. Still has done nothing to add. But he he's not asleep. That's a good well, let's sign, hope I guess. this
3: is in fact him moving pieces around and and set up for something else.
1: Let's do you think he gets claimed? Do we just does anyone I I would guess I would I, guess,
2: I would a guess possibility. no. possibility I, I don't know who's got the cap space and we haven't had the time to like actually analyze it. Yeah, it's like a like lot this. of cap space to take essentially a
3: flyer on somebody. So right. I don't think so. Huh. But flyer. you know, he, he it? might
2: be, he might be seen as a change of scenery type of guy. Um, I, I think that it's possible. Um, so I would have to, I'd out. have to do a lot more analysis right now. I to feel see like who
1: a bad team, like, his type of players get traded at the deadline. I realize, like, it's an expensive cap hit. But, like, if I'm a bad team with cap space, I'd just bring him in
4: and hope I can flip him in a couple of weeks.
2: Like Arizona. Yeah, there
3: you go. I, we're uh, we're going to
4: th- find I, out. I think you guys are overrating the trade value of Shane Goss bear.
1: I, I don't think he has no, much value, but I'd try to flip him
4: for something. I mean, if let me put it this way. If they've put him on waivers, they've probably tried to flip
1: him. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah.
2: God, that's fucking wild.
1: That's um, I don't know. It's
2: just crazy. It's crazy. Oh, boy.
1: Well, they did Never something. A dull moment. Is uh, I'm is sure that they... it? Anything else? That's it. Not...
2: That's it. I, yes. I've got a lot of analyzing to do. All right. Well, thank
1: you. Uh, thank you for listening to our postscript. I hope you enjoyed today's show. <laughs> Once again, for Steph, for Charlie, for Kelly. I'm Bill. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! I got to remember to edit this out. I have to run to the bathroom. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just going to leave all of this in the final. We
2: should just leave all of this in the landscaping next door. This is is the most thorough landscaping company that I've ever experienced (laughs) in my life. It's been going on for two hours.
3: Oh, it's going to be so good.
2: That's the advertisement. Everyone hired these guys because they're... They're doing the work.
3: I have to pee too, but I'm a professional.
2: So I'm not gonna. <laughs> <sighs> we could put this in at the end,
4: not in the middle.
2: <laughs> Outtakes.
3: This is annoying. I'm gonna have to actually do editing. We never edit this show.
4: I know. God damn it, Bill.
2: Ridiculous. You pee before the show, William.
3: Always pee before the show. Yeah, I'm totally gonna put some of this at the end. It's gonna be like a Marvel post-credit.
4: I like it. Easter Shwar- egg shawarma. Yeah,
3: yeah. Everyone's gonna get shawarma for dinner. If you're listening to this and you hear it, you win a prize. I don't know what the prize is, but you win one. <sighs>
2: it's never having to watch the flyers again. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations!
3: You're free.
1: Bluetooth headphones, fam. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Uh, All right, are we ready?
3: (laughs) Yep.